Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspired Banking, a podcast from Hyosung. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us here for this episode of the show. Today, we're talking about connecting with your customers through self-service banking. What does that look like? How is that occurring? How is the evolution and adoption of this technology going? And so, so much more. Joining me here today is our subject matter expert, Keith Leonard. He's a VP head of software at Hyosung. Keith, welcome to the podcast. Thanks well, thank for joining you for having me. me. It's a pleasure having you here. Uh, Keith, I know that you have a lot of experience in this industry. Industry. Tell us a little bit about your history here and, and some of the work that you've done in the industry. Sure, absolutely. So I've been actually in the ATM industry for a little over a dozen years now. Um, I actually started with one of Hyasung's competitors, Diebold. Uh, actually worked at their headquarters. I uh, was there for just under 10 years. Yeah. And I worked in a variety of different roles at Diebold. Um, started in uh, research and development, developing new software products. Um, eventually moved into account management, which caused me to relocate to Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where I still live today, um, actually managing one of the major accounts for Diebold there. And then I moved into a global solution delivery and how uh, Diebold would deliver uh, solutions from hardware, software, and service kind of all as one to some of their major customers globally. And then I was recruited away over to Hyasung, uh, where I was asked to kind of grow and expand Hyasung software business here in the U.S. Excellent, excellent stuff. So you're the perfect person to talk on this topic today, and we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you here on the show. So Keith, tell us about some of the ways that self-service technology is really evolving the way that banks and credit unions can interact with their customers. Sure. You know, I think we've all experienced in our day-to-day -day lives about how more and more banking has moved towards mobile. Mm -hmm. And I think as we've gone through the pandemic, I think we've all experienced that situation where uh, that bank branch may be closed or you can no longer go inside the bank branch. And that has created a, a number of situations where how do you continue to bank um, in this type of environment? And as we went through the pandemic, financial services were actually deemed an essential service. Mm -hmm. So access to money uh, was recognized by the government uh, to be an essential service as we went through the pandemic. And so there has been this kind of evolution over the last couple of years about how do you really change access to money? How do you change the banking experience? Um, and this has been seen everywhere from the very large um, financial institutions all the way down to uh, the community uh, banks and credit unions and how we have to touch. And there's been a variety of different approaches to that. Everything from banks experimenting with Zoom and other teleconferencing technology, mm -hmm. but you always come back to this need to interact between digital and physical currency. Right. Whether that's in the form of a check, which you can do with your mobile phone, but that you can't deposit cash through your mobile device. And that's really what's driven kind of this uh, moving forward to self-service technology. That's that's really interesting. And you, you mentioned the, the mobile experience. And I wonder, have you noticed that, that consumer expectations have changed in terms of how they expect to be engaged? These days, I order groceries, I order food, I do everything on my mobile device, right? Have you noticed that that has been the case with banking as well? Absolutely. And even uh, pre-pandemic, you started to see the situation where banks were really trying to drive you towards mobile deposit. That's right. Um, and so don't take your check into, uh, into the bank branch. Don't take it to the ATM. You know, just do it at home. And you see all these wonderful commercials for that. And that adoption has was, took off before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The number of checks coming into a bank branch and coming into an ATM dropped drastically. Um, but what you had seen, though, is you start to see as we went through the pandemic and you, you know, more order, ordering your groceries and you, you talk about going to the restaurant and scanning that QR code, expectations have changed and they're evolving more rapidly. 
when you think about self-service technology in your life, we all think about the airport kiosk and how you used to have to go to the counter. You know, it took almost 40 years for that technology to really take root in the U.S. It was actually first developed back in the 70s, but it wasn't until 9-11 and this event happened that it truly took off because all of this change was being introduced um, you know, to travel. Yeah. And so the kiosk really kicked in post 9-11. And that's what you're starting to see inside of banking, that people were starting to experiment with different pieces of parts and that mobile technology. But the pandemic has really accelerated that to a high degree because now people want to bank whenever, however, um, it doesn't matter if it's a nine to five, that, that consumers want to bank kind of on their terms just like they're used to doing with their mobile devices, that they can do everything right here. But again, you can't deposit cash through here. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to open a home loan from here. And so banks have needed to adapt. And that's where you're really starting to see self-service technology grow. And with that adaptation, like you mentioned, when, sometimes when there's an event that precipitates the the necessity to move towards new technologies and new ways of doing things, like you mentioned the 9-11 example, a lot of the, the things that happened as a result of the pandemic, we really accelerated adoption. But in some cases, adoption needs to happen a little bit more slowly, right? Yes. For security reasons, for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. So where are we at in terms of adoption of some of these new technologies when it comes to banking? Yeah, and so some of these technologies you would have seen um, pre-pandemic where people mm-hmm. were starting to ex- uh, expose that, but now you're really starting to see the rapid adoption. Um, even during the pandemic, you know, we saw a dramatic increase in the desire to bring um, more transactions to a self-service terminal. And so banks were already experimenting and you've seen a number of places where you might've been able to see a video teller. And the situation was along the lines of if you wanted to do a $5,000 withdrawal at the ATM, I think most of us experience that there is a limit on the amount of cash that you can get out of the ATM. Mm -hmm. And that's largely due to risk and kind of like what you had talked about that, you know, you sometimes have to take a pause and really evaluate. So what is the risk scenario? And so that risk is, well, maybe, you know, someone stole your card and they don't want you to drain their account. And so from that risk perspective, uh, people had started to um, look at using video teller, meaning you go in and you know you can't get $5,000 from the ETM. And so they'd put a nice button right there at the on the welcome screen to say, would you like to talk to someone? Mm-hmm. And by going down that path, um, you could get to a situation where you could talk to a person and say, I'd like to get $5,000 you know, out of this ATM. And you would have a teller who might be sitting in a call center, maybe sitting in the branch. And they would then be using their teller system to say, okay, um, can Tyler get $5,000 from his account? Um, the teller could ask you some questions. What's your social security number? What's your mother's maiden name? Sure. All those you know, traditional type of questions. And then the teller could use the ATM as kind of a remote teller drawer. Mm-hmm. And so they could force the ATM to spit out the $5,000. They would record that in their teller system and then you would go on your way. And so that sounds, that sounds great. The challenge being is that um, you had to know right from the beginning that if you wanted $5,000, you had to hit the special button on the screen. Right. You had to have a teller who was available at that time to answer the question. So you're really just moving the teller experience. That adoption 
kind of took off and then it actually kind of pulled back in the marketplace. Hmm. And now in the pandemic, there's been a renewed interest in that, but now there's new approaches to that same type of thing. So rather than trying to educate your customer to, um, to know to hit that button, you, you know, you would go up to the ATM and you would um, go to select $5,000. So whether it's $5, $500, $5,000, your experience um, should be the same so that you don't have to be educated on what the limits are. And this starts to get to that mentality of banking, you know, how you want and meeting that customer expectation. And then through, um, you know, additional integrations to core banking systems, you can eliminate that kind of need for that extra human to really get you to that point of this. And that's where we're really starting to see adoption um, really take off hmm. because now you're starting to uh, move that digital to physical and physical to digital experience out of the teller branch to a self-service device and be able to do that 24 by 7, um, which kind of meets that customer expectation. And so this new evolution of how to approach that type of uh, experience is really what's driving adoption at this moment. Is security a concern at all for people? Do you, do you get questions about security? Yeah, security, security is always is always an issue, uh, specifically when you start thinking about doing high dollar withdrawal limits. Sure. And that's where um, you know people want to authenticate a variety of different ways. Uh, a lot of people don't even carry wallets anymore. They have you know their Apple Pay or their their Samsung Pay, you know, on their phone. Um, how do they authenticate? Um, how do they really know it's you? Identity theft. Mm -hmm. There's also the physical security about you know, am I comfortable taking five thousand dollars out and putting that cash, you know, in my pocket? And there's a, a variety of security concerns. Um, and then from that bank branch, do you always need a human to alleviate those security concerns? And that's where self-service has really taken off. And you started to see that in your personal lives as well, that when you, you can print your uh, airline ticket at home, um, you now often don't even have to scan your, your mobile boarding pass and you just hand them your ID because people are starting to improve the security and the authentication. And so now you can authenticate through your mobile phone. You can do two-factor authentication at an ATM. You can you know, put those challenge questions uh, via self-service where you don't necessarily need that human mm -hmm. involved. And so absolutely, there's a number of security concerns but by enhancing the technology, you can overcome uh, the, the risk, the compliance, the security, because there's always concerns about money laundering and fraud. And you can start to build those things in via self-service to meet that customer demand. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, so what are some of the primary challenges you're seeing to adoption and how are you helping people to overcome some of these challenges? Yeah, absolutely. And so part of it is just knowing that um, the technology is out there. Yeah. That, um, like I said, you know, video teller has been a solution that's been in the marketplace for, well, as, almost as long as that I've been around. So I would say for, for most of my ATM career of that 12 years, you know, that mm -hmm. video teller, and again, that adoption was not was not great. And so now, when you start hearing about doing advanced transactions, you know, at the ATM, people have a tendency of rolling their eyes. Um, but we've had um, a lot of success, you know, doing these integrations, you know, with our customers. Um, there is a learning curve. Um, there is a project to integrate. You know, when you take an ATM and you start to hook it into your core banking system, you know, there is effort required. 
Um, but those projects are typically run into you know the three to six month timeline. Um, the ROI on it is is very solid. Where you're you're talking about you know payback you know from that investment in less than a year time when you consider uh, branch personnel. Um, you know, availability of hours, ease of access, customer attraction. Mm -hmm. But then the other part is how do you let your customers know that there's this new technology? Because we've all kind of been trained over the last 20 years that an ATM is really a $20 vending machine. And so just like the, the market adoption of the airport kiosk, in some respects, you kind of have to start to force your customers to actually experience it, and then they start to see the value. Mm -hmm. And so we've started to see um, a number of our customers do just that, having a greeter um, you know, at the front of the bank branch and asking you, what are you here to do for today? And, and when you say, I want to get I want to get $500, but I need these particular denominations, or I want to deposit this check and I couldn't do it out at the, you know, at the ATM and, and you know, start that education. So no, you can do that uh, via the self-service device. Let me help you you know, through that um, and, and do that type of coaching. And then it starts to catch on and we've seen uh, phenomenal success with some of our customers. What are some of the other trends you're seeing in, in self-service technologies? Anything else stand out that, that you think is worth pointing out and worth educating people on? Yeah, I think um, a number of things, you, you know, uh, we start to see what, what we refer to as NFC, um, but you know, you, tap and go, you're yeah. starting to see uh, that with, you know, your cards are coming out with tap and go. Uh, you're starting to see um, people using Apple Pay and Google Pay and, and Samsung Pay with your phones. And you're starting to see that technology, you know, start to weave its way, you know, into, into the banking space. We've seen other things where you can start to buy Bitcoin at ATMs. Um, and a number of other new technologies that are starting to integrate, you know, into self-service technology, mm -hmm. where in the past, um, people again viewed that as a $20 vending machine, where if you really take a step back and look at what an ATM is, it really is that it's that bridge between the digital and physical worlds. And in our lives, we have a variety of different digital currencies. You know, everything from uh, you know, kids with their, uh, you know, online gaming bucks that they have. There, there's always kind of this bridge about how do you transition from that cash payment um, into something in something digital. And so you're starting to see those technologies start to weave it into banking as people mm -hmm. start to um, think about the ATM as not being an automated teller machine into kind of that, uh, that bridge to the digital world. That's a, that's a really interesting way of putting it, that, that, that bridge, because you're, you're right. Um, that that is just an interesting, I, I think, I think thing to think through. Absolutely. So, um, Keith, we've covered a lot of ground here today and, and, and touched on a lot of really big topics. So, any final thoughts? What do you want to leave viewers and listeners with here today, just on this topic of self service banking? Uh, sure. I think there's a number of things when you think about, um, you know, is self service banking right for a financial institution? There's a number of factors to consider. Um, the first one that I uh, would really highlight and mention is that customer adoption. And so whether you're a credit union member or a banking customer, how do you get your customers to adopt that self-service? Yeah. Your um, customers, banks, financial institutions, credit unions are looking to adopt the self-service technology to really meet a customer demand. Mm -hmm. There is this demand for self-service. But how do you meet that demand and not create a kind of a clunky experience? How do you make it where it really is seamless to the end user? And that's where you really need to think about what core integration. And so not having that human being involved. And so how do you connect your self-service device to your core banking platform? So you have this wealth 
of knowledge you know, built into the self-service device so that we know who Tyler is, we know how much money is in his account, we know how to authenticate him, we know how to uh, pose challenge questions to him, mm -hmm. but in a natural way so that you can interact with that device without having someone standing over your shoulder telling you how to do it and that it's very you know, um, fluid for you and it, and it meets that user experience that you've had in your personal experience. Yeah. Whether it's your online, your mobile, um, at the restaurant, you want to match that same experience and take those user experiences and apply it to a, a self-service device. The other thing is that you really need to consider you know, who you're partnering with mm -hmm. um, in that not all solutions are equal. There's a number of different vendors. I think we've all seen technologies you know, come and go, um, something that might have made a hot splash in the marketplace. Um, but you really need to keep your eye out for, you know, what are the technologies and who are the providers uh, that have that sustainability, who are really having that market adoption and who are really starting to see that success. Um, because it's not just always putting that technology out there, it's also having, you know, the right partner uh, in play to really bring that to market so that you're really experiencing that return on that investment. I think one of the things the pandemic showed is people are willing and able to adapt and change yes. and that sort of thing. But is there an element to which people can work together with, with technology providers, with providers and, and banks can work to help educate consumers as well so that that experience can be more seamless? Like you mentioned, having someone there at the door greeting and then helping direct and show, hey, if you're doing this for the first time, Absolutely, yeah. um, absolutely. And as I mentioned kind of earlier um, about the airport kiosk taking 40 years and it really kind of drove uh, an event, unfortunately, you know, kind of really drove yeah. that a market adoption. But if you go back in history, there's a number of uh, scenarios that are very similar where adoption um, has been slow, but the pandemic has really driven, you know, some of that adoption. And so how do you help uh, honestly leverage the situation where people are now more comfortable um, you know, buying their groceries online. One of the other ways that we've seen as well um, is that um, you want to minimize the amount of video teller that is required because people don't necessarily want to talk to a human at a self-service device. Um, it slows down the transaction. Those tellers might only be available at a certain time. But there is a segment where video is important. Um, you know, and one of the solutions that we have that, you know, we try to drive 100% self-service so it's very intuitive on how you would do a $5,000 withdrawal. Yeah. But always giving that off-ramp. Um, and so having that, uh, that help button or if you get stuck or engaged that a human can come in for a very short period of time and help straighten out that situation, provide education, teach them how to do it the first time. Um, and we have that ability to do it via video, but you wanna keep that small and brief. Mm -hmm. um, most customers today, when you think about doing um, troubleshooting, you know, you, the first thing people do is they get out their computer and they do an online search. Most people want to try to solve those things themselves, but at the same time, if they start to get frustrated or have that experience, some people have that natural reaction of, well, I'm never gonna do that again. I'm gonna wait for the bank branch to go open. And so you wanna be able to close that niche and, and to help drive that, make people feel comfortable with it. Um, and that's where you, know, you really have to think about the right provider, the right solution, and how you integrate that into your entire banking experience. And so how does additional self-service technology fit within your branch strategy? Because you could have that greeter there, um, but then also how do you make your credit union members or your banking customers really feel appreciated 
um, as customers and that you're not just driving them like, don't talk to me and move them off to a self-service device. It really has to be incorporated into the overall strategy in that relationship between the, the customer and, and the financial institution. Well, it's an exciting time with a lot of evolution and a lot of um, uh, growth and um, yeah, we're seeing a lot of that in this industry right now. So it's, it's an exciting time. Keith Leonard, VP, Head of Software at Hyosung. Keith, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Inspired Banking Podcast. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days, you can find episodes of the podcast. So tune in to those previous episodes that we've done and stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the show. You can subscribe there to make sure you stay up to date. And we will be back soon with those new episodes of the show. But for this one, for Keith Leonard, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon.